Time to saddle up, partners, and hit the trail onto the twisted road of fake history. Over the rolling plains, through sagebrush and cactus, and straight into the wild and problematic tales of the Old West. There it is, just over the ridge. You're headed straight into another episode of Hoofbeats in My Heart for a third time. There ain't no ifs, ands, or buts with the hoofprints on my guts from all them hoofbeats in my heart for a third time. Episode 1, Unconscious for Love. When last we heard of Marshall Brown and Ruby Buckaroo, they galloped through much adventure. But seemed to muddle through They soon became lovey-dovey You knew they would all along We'll let you hear that happy ending Cause the happy soon went wrong So, if and you can sort of climb down off of my horse, I can be on my way, Marshal Brown. Dig down deep inside, Miss Buckaroo. Is that what you truly desire? I, I said move off in my horse. I, I got a vamoose. Oh. Well. Well, I'm not getting down off your horse. And... And you can stuff your saddlebags with treasure, and you can ride off into the proverbial sunset with that Ramon Jose musical bandit. So you're going to have to tolerate me sitting on the back of your horse till the cows come home. Or wherever they wander off to, whenever it is that cows wander off. But I'm not budging. Wherever you go, I go. I'm asking you one last time. Get off in my horse, Marshal Shiloh Brown, if and you know what's good for you. No, Ruby Buckaroo, bandit queen of the cowboys. You passed the test. I can trust you. Kiss me, you dang skeezik. You mean you were... Oh. Oh, my. That kiss, Miss Buckaroo... It, it sent me miles and miles away. Miles and miles away eastward. Within the United States. But only up to the Atlantic Ocean, of course, or else I'd fall in. But how do you feel, Miss Buckaroo? After that kiss, your eyes are closed. Are you as thrilled as I am? Everything's a spinning. Oh. Ah, am I supposed to infer from your dramatic fall from your horse that you mean you are as thrilled as I am? Stop the wagon, We're all fetched up. You can jump down now, Doc. I'm Doc Blister, recently situated like over yonder in Lead Pipe Corners. 
And that there up on the show wagon is Colonel Charles Tucker Bucket. Howdy, I'm the dog's partner in the blistering bucket, highly first-rate traveling theatrical show. Glad to make your acquaintance, Dr. Blister, Colonel Bucket. See this brass badge? I'm Marshal Brown. Marshal Shiloh Brown. Doc, he's a lawman. Shush, Colonel. Don't draw no attention down on us. So, um, what's all the commotion, Marshal? Yes, well, I was conversing with... Um, conversing very closely with... Miss Ruby Buckaroo, the bandit queen of the cowboys. And I'm sure you're wondering why she is lying in a heap on the ground beside her horse. To answer your unasked question, that is because she is gathering her thoughts Gathering her thoughts? Hogwash! The colonel and I was a-riding real quick-like out of town, and as we was a-galloping by, I done saw this here lady pass out and fall off in her horse. Let me take a closer gander at her. Hmm. Well, well. I see. Am I to understand that she is not gathering her thoughts? Is she... is she ill? Hmm. She's sure enough for breathing. But she's as cold as a frosted frog. Oh, dear. Can you render aid, Dr. Blister? I'll do my level best, Marshal. Colonel Bucket, kindly tie this woman's horse to the show wagon and we'll ride back to the office over yonder at Lead Pipe Corners. But, Doc, I, I thought we were pulling up stakes and leaving town pronto before they find out No, what no, we... no. We're not acquitting Lead Pipe Corners quite yet, Colonel. I ain't constructed quite that way, no, sir. I can't be leaving behind a young lady in this here condition. Especially when there might be a reward, Colonel. Let me jump off the horse and help you load Miss Buckaroo onto the show wagon, Dr. Blister. Much obliged, Marshal. One, One two, two, three! Lay her down, Genelac, on that there blanket inside the wagon. Easy. Easy. There. I'll get this show wagon back in town faster than a greased thunderbolt, Doc. Excellent, Colonel. Right along with us, Marshal. I'm sure you'll be desiring to keep an eyeball on your prisoner. And also, so's we can settle up accounts on the reward money. Reward money? My prisoner? Oh, you believe because I'm a Marshal that... And you assume because Ruby Buckaroo is the bandit queen of the cowboys that... But you are, ain't you? Yes, I am. And she is, ain't she? Yes, she is. But she ain't your... No, she isn't. Meaning that there ain't no... No, there isn't any. Want me to dump the lady out of the wagon, Doc? No, Colonel Bucket. You gotta think big. I saw something hanging on a string round the marshal's neck. And I found me something next to where the young lady was a-lying down. I'm putting two and two together, and it's adding up to a heap of money for sure. Oh, me. Oh, my. 
You stand a more than even chance of wearing out the dock's Persian rug with all that pacing around, Marshal. Why don't you park your back legs on that chair and give your fine boots a rest? Because, Colonel Charles Tucker Bucket, sir, I am terribly worried and feeling helpless in my terribly worried worry, which manifests itself in my aimless yet resolute pacing. On the other side of that office door, Dr. Blister is tending to, is trying to cure, is attempting to aid Miss Ruby Buckaroo, the bandit queen of the cowboys, who I, of late, familiarly refer to as Ruby. Or also, my little poogy-woogy apple-dumpling bandit. Colonel Bucket, quickly! Fetch me that there pitcher of water. One pitcher of water, Doc. Is it cold? Mighty cold, Doc. You... you... you have need of cold water, Dr. Blister? Yes, yes, Marshal. Colonel Bucket, I'd be mighty grateful if you'd top off this here glass for me. This whiskey's got itself too much mule kick from a taste. Much obliged. Mmm, now that there's some mighty refined mule kicking, yes siree. <sighs> the doctor has appeared, and then just as suddenly disappeared. But still no word. Miss Buckaroo and the good Dr. Blister have been incommunicado in that back room for well nigh on to two hours. Uh, you're needlessly slipping and sliding yourself into a jumpy state, Marshal. The doc hasn't lost a patient in weeks. Marshal Brown? Y yes, Dr. Blister? I must confess. I ain't never done seen no case like this here one before, Marshal. No? Never? What type of exotic malady could possibly be bedeviling Miss Buckaroo? I'll lay my cards on the table and give it to you straight up and unvarnished. Yes, I prefer no varnish on my cards. It's hoofbeats in her heart. No. Yes! I reckon the young woman done contracted that their hoof beats in her heart from you. It's infectious? What's more, she done told me she's gone and had her this hoof beats in her heart condition twice before. Hoof beats in her heart? For a third time? Yep. And even being as to how this young woman is a bandit so tough she'd make a freight train take a back road... Her system can't digest love at the hoofbeat level, no sir. And now you know, Marshal. You're free to converse with the patient now. She's a-lying all snug-like in bed. Are you accompanying me into the back room, Dr. Blister? I'll be there in a hog and a half, Marshal. I got to keep me an appointment with a half-empty bottle of whiskey in this here really empty glass. Howdy, Marshal Brown. I ain't seen you since I got me the collie wobbles and done dropped off in my horse. <sighs> I'm plum tuckered out. And I am quite relieved to see you again, Miss Buckaroo. But, but is it true? It was. It was them hoofbeats in my heart that done laid me low. All of this love stuff's got me depressed. I can hear hoofbeats deep in my chest. Once is enough and twice is a sin. But here we go once again. I got me hoofbeats in my heart for a third time. 
Shove me, Doc. I'm moving as fast as I'm a hustling the outdoors for so's we can talk whilst that there marshal is a wobbling his jaw with my patient. And what is so important to discuss? The marshal said there isn't any reward for helping that young bandit lady. And we still have to leave lead pipe corners in an hurry if we're desiring to preserve our health. And maybe we ain't a needin' to vamoose out of this here town all that quick like, Colonel. I'm detecting one of your schemes, Doc. Yes, indeedy. I got me an all-fired grand one this time. You gotta think big, Colonel. Show your hand, Doc. You recollect how I done told that young lady, Ruby Buckaroo, that she done fainted away because she's got herself a case of hoofbeats in her heart? Hmm. So... Maybe you're thinking she didn't pick up that lovesickness from the marshal? I'm a-knowing she didn't. I got me no idea if and she does got herself hoofbeats in her dang heart or if she ain't. No siree. I just fibbed and told her so. Then what got her so giddy she fell off her horse? This. That? How's that little red flower tangled up in all this? This here ain't any sort of little red flower. It's called Le Fleur Rouge me. Uh, meaning? The red sleeping flower. Mm. Looks mighty awake to me. And it's a gonna stay awake for a while. Cause even if in you pick it, this little red flower will stay fresh like for a long while. Please tell me you're not proposing we go honest and grow little red flowers. Oh, no, no. This one solitary little old flower is enough for us, Colonel. Uh, if it's going to stay fresh for a while, then why is it called a sleeping flower? Because all by its little self, it causes folks to faint dead away if they mosey close near it. What? Well, you just put that flower right back in your vest pocket and keep it away from me. Rest easy, Colonel. There ain't no harm to you in this here flower. And I'm all fine and dandy, too. The smell of this here flower only gets into the brain of one in ten million folks. Is one of them folks Ruby Buckaroo? Right as rain, sir. That there Ruby Buckaroo done rode near it and crashed off in her horse like a dang buffalo falling out of a peach tree. She was a lion there and I knowed right away what happened. Cause this red plant was a bloomin' right there beside her. So's I done went and picked this little old flower and stowed it right quick in my vest pocket. What are you aiming to do with it? I keep a saying plenty, but you ain't a hearing me plenty. You better hobble your latch pin, Colonel. We got ourselves company. You just keep your dang distance, Marshal Brown. But, Miss Buckaroo, Ruby, I am compelled to be close to you by the very corrosive powers of... Hoof beats in my heart. You just sit your two ears frontwards and listen to me once and for all, Marshal. I sure ain't a figuring on spending the rest of my days lying on my face in the dang mud, all collie wobbled, cause you got yourself the itch of love in your carcass. But and this here doctor, he done said so real plain like too. Didn't you, Doc Blister? You got that old correct like, young lady. But Dr. Blister, sir. This simply cannot be. That my overwhelming feelings of hoofbeats in my heart are 
are... contagious. You done asked me for the unvarnished truth, sir. See, Marshal Brown? Put that in your can of beans. Dr. Blister, if you cannot comprehend my dire plight, then I appeal to you, Colonel Charles Tucker Bucket, sir. Because a man in love assuredly stands alone on the edge of a steep cliff. Is that so? Why is that, Marshal? Why is... Um, well, Colonel, because by standing on a steep cliff, or any steep incline for that matter, a man in love, he loves to... Um, he loves to... Stand on a cliff in love, no doubt while looking at the scenery where he is standing in love on the cliff or steep incline, just standing. You can keep slinging your fancy book learning all you want, Marshal. But I ain't a-going nowhere near you. No, sir. Then let me offer my medical opinion, Miss Buckaroo. Being as to how you're the bandit queen of the cowboys, there simply ain't no need for you to cut loose on your business. You can go back to plying your bandit trade as you're accustomed to be a-doing. That differs by me, Doc, and so's I'm a-needin' to be keeping myself far away like from this hoofbeats hogwash. But what of my dilemma, Dr. Blister, as I sit high atop my steep cliff of love? For you, Marshal Brown, I propose a, um, barter type of deal. Barter? Go on. I'll lay my spread. You can travel along with me and Colonel Bucket in our blister and bucket highly first-rate traveling theatrical show, where you can provide your um force of the law to um I get it, Doc. It'll make our crooked business look legitimate. No, no, Colonel. The key hanging round the Marshal's neck. I'll explain it later. Just follow my lead. The Marshal? He can travel with us to keep our theatrical-like show safe-like from, um, marauders and such. And in return, I can be a study in the Marshal's case of hoofbeats in his heart real up close-like, so's I can find a cure right quick. Your proposition certainly has the all-embracing ring of logic, but I don't know... And we're aiming to offer you... A small part in our grand theatrical spectacle. <gasps> no. Deal, Marshal? A deal, Dr. Blister. Shake. And here is my right hand extended to you, Miss Buckaroo. Is it a deal? Don't you be a sticking your big paw at me, Marshal. I ain't a shaking nothing to do with you, no how. I'm a getting mighty comfortable a standing upright, and I'm intending to keep it that way. No more of them there hoofbeats in my heart for me. It ain't healthy like. And now stop blocking my horse. I'm a needing to hop on in the saddle. Oh, oh, excuse me. But Miss Buckaroo, if you are riding away, then when? When will I see you again? If you'd kindly hand me up your fine pocket watch, Marshal Brown. With pleasure. Mighty obliged. 
Am I to assume that if you have need to consult my watch, Miss Buckaroo, that I just might be seeing you again in... in a few hours? Is that a correct and hopeful assumption? Let me give a look-see at your timepiece for to nail down my plans. Hmm... I'm thinking I'm gonna be seeing you at... Hmm... Half past it ain't happening. It says that on my watch? Adios, Marshal. Gentlemen, let's get a move on with the wheel. Ah, my strategies are working for sure. I'm a-wantin' the key round the Marshal's neck. It's gonna bring us a fortune. You gotta think big, Colonel. So, what, what is Ruby Buckaroo? Ruby Buckaroo? She's the bandit queen of the cowboys, right? With her out of the way, we ain't got ourselves no competition in the criminal line of work, Colonel. That means with nobody roping in on our game and the marshal traveling with us, we can get that key and it's pure gravy and profits from here on in. And if Miss Buckaroo gets it in her bonnet to be a wandering back, I got me insurance in my vest pocket. The red sleeping flower, I see. Uh-huh. Um, Marshal Brown, I'm a-thinking, me and the Colonel, we can meet up with you over yonder at the Lead Pipe Corner Saloon to discuss our proposition. Oh, now that Miss Ruby Buckaroo, my future and now former paramour, has been driven away by my contagious hoofbeats in my heart, I believe my social calendar has suddenly been turned upside down and emptied of all prior engagements. Simply put, my time is your time, gentlemen. We'll be a meeting in half an hour. What time is it now, Marshal? The time? Well, I don't know. It appears Miss Buckaroo has stolen my watch. Listen for episode two, Ruby... Who? Hoofbeats in My Heart for a Third Time was written, composed, and directed by George Zog and starred Marcy Mencotti, Edwin Wall, Noel Dupuis, David Elliott, and North Homewood and featured Anna Maria Alvarez, Joe Kurt, Nico Gerentis, John Lean, K.J. Matheson, Isabel Quintero, Barbara Rosenblatt, Ed Rutherford, Frank Stacio, and Kevin Tice. Musical direction, Twitchell Pond and his Wild West Vaqueros. Recording engineers, Dave Langley and Haley Blomquist. Hoofbeats in My Heart for a Third Time was produced by Granville North Sheridan and Marcella Bernard for Headstall, Sir Single, and Cinch Productions.